Hey friends, it's me, Katie Ann, and your host of the Full Confidence Head podcast, where we go on a journey together tackling the fears of life from family relationships to finance, from careers to community. I'm so excited, you guys. Today we have Lydia, who is the owner of Freelancing Happiness. We're going to have a wonderful discussion today, so hang in there with us. We're going to turn the time over to our sponsors. They make this podcast possible. We're so grateful that they are the sponsors of Full Confidence Ahead because of these incredible conversations like today we're going to have. So hang in there, listen to our sponsors, and then we're so excited to have Lydia with us. Have you ever felt scared swiping your card at a cash register, not knowing if it would be declined or maxed out on your credit limit? Believe me, I've been there holding my breath, waiting to check out. Thankfully, all of that fear melted away and turned into confidence when I took a financial literacy course. The PowerPay Money Master course has changed my experience at the cash register from fearful to fearless. The online course is video-based and gives you real-life money smarts. USU Extension is offering a free Money Master course to all Full Confidence Ahead listeners. Go to extensioncourses.usu edu slash Powell and add the Money Master course to your cart. The link will give you the $40 course for free. You can also get the course discount by going to extensioncourses.usu.edu and finding the Money Master course under the finance category. Use the code KDN, K-A-T-I-E-A-N-N with no spaces at checkout to claim your $40 discount and free course. As a podcaster and a one-woman show, it takes a lot of time to record, edit, and produce my episode. There is no way I could run my podcast on my own if I didn't have Podflow. Podflow is an AI-based podcasting tool that enhances audio recordings, writes show notes, and makes audio timestamps all within literally minutes. It's given me the power to be a one-woman show by giving me back my time. If you have your own podcast or are considering making your own, head over to podflow.ai to create your account. Podflow will give you a free trial to get just a taste of their product. And when you're ready to purchase their product, it's affordable and purchased by the month. So you can go month by month with your podcasting process. Get ready to podcast like me and get your Podflow account at podflow.ai. Lydia, I am thrilled to have you with us. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So for our podcast listeners, let me introduce Lydia a little bit. I'm going to try to say her last name and Lydia, you're going to have to help me. (laughs) And you'll probably know by her last name. She's not from the U.S. So we're so excited that she's hanging in there with us doing the time zone thing to do this podcast interview. So Lydia, here we go. Mark Vart. Did I do it? Yeah, that's pretty good. Yes, I'll take it. I'll take it. (laughs) Okay. Say your last name for us. Mark Vart. That. Lydia with that last name. (laughs) We're almost there. So Lydia is a freelance translator, researcher, and coach who is passionate about raising awareness for the well-being of freelancers and for providing the support they need to tackle challenges and embrace their full potential. Wow, is what I can say there. (laughs) She has recently launched her new business, Freelancing Happiness, offering coaching and engaging with different stakeholders to draw attention to working conditions and the well-being of freelancers. Born and raised in Germany, Lydia now lives in Scotland. So (laughs) basically, Lydia, you are absolutely incredible tackling your own business, traveling and living in the world. Do you like living in Scotland? Is this? Oh, I love it. Yes. 
Yes, I love it. I mean, the summers are like around 50 degrees Celsius. Um, I don't oh. know what that's in Fahrenheit. It's not a lot, but um... it's it's very hot. I'm like, 50 degrees Celsius is far above 100. I'm like, 40 I mean, 15. <laughs> that's one five, not five zero. Oh, I thought you said five zero. I'm like, that's like 150 degrees. Oh, no, no, no. Oh. The, the poor Scots, they would <laughs> they could not cope. <laughs> 15 that's a little chilly pleasant yeah. but chilly it's 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 nice though it's nice you definitely don't get a sunburn and you can see like I'm super pale obviously our, our <laughs> listeners can't see that <laughs> it's the middle of July and I'm just kind of yeah this is this is about as good as it gets in terms of a tan <laughs> is it cloudy or is it sunny just cold um it just depends on like what minute of the day you go out so you have like a sun for like five minutes and then you have rain and then you have some clouds and then you have some mist so like you get like the entire weather spectrum within like a half hour (laughs) that is so funny (laughs) so it definitely doesn't get boring which suits me just fine (laughs) oh good well you're certainly not a boring person because you're doing so much we're just so excited to have you with us but let's just start with freelancing happiness. So mm-hmm. kind of help us understand a little bit. We we learned a little bit about your business, offering services to stakeholders, helping with the well-being of freelancers. Where did this idea come from? It's kind of one of these things where, you know, you want to do the stuff that you wish was there when you needed it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I've been a freelancer for a long time. And um, I think at some point I just hit this rough spot where you kind of, you're exhausted and you're kind of asking yourself like wow like is this it like and is this supposed to feel like this and because hey I'm a freelancer I should be so happy to have this business it's going well I was I was successful as a freelancer so you know but then there's this bit of like yeah but it doesn't feel right it feels like there's something not, not missing or I'm just not feeling very well and I just felt like there was not a lot of support out there for freelancers um, because we're not employed. So there's a lot of stuff going on, obviously, with employee well-being and more and more organizations and employers are embracing that and trying to do things. I mean, there's obviously lots of things still to do (laughs) for all kinds of working people out there. Um, But I felt like for freelancers especially, they're just like really on their own when it comes to a lot of these kind of professional well-being matters. And I thought, wow, that's interesting that nobody seems to really look into that. And it's such a it's really different from how employees work with their employers. Being a freelancer is a very, very different kettle of fish. So I just thought, wow, we need something. We need something here for freelancers to have a space, to be heard, to be seen by somebody who has experienced this, who's in that same space. Um, and, you know, to to talk about some of this stuff and to, to learn about how we make meaning in our work and how we find that space and the resources for our well-being and you know all these big questions that we all have so I just wanted to to provide that and and I guess also to build bridges between freelancers and the people they work for I think that's a really really important aspect of my work as well that like I said like engaging with stakeholders engaging with the professional bodies with organizations that work with freelancers um it can feel really divided at times where the conversation is happening on two sides of a divide and we just don't necessarily talk to each other a lot Mm. um and I'm hoping to be a bit of a a person who can kind of talk to both sides and hopefully establish a bit of a dialogue that can help everybody okay that's incredible (laughs) how do you even start the conversations to be that bridge between the freelancers and the organizations because I think like those principles that you're doing are like so applicable to 
all the world right now. We have so many divisions, whether it be in the workplace, whether it be in politics, whether it be in families, whatever it is. How did you start those conversations to like bridge? I think it's important to go in with trying to leave your prejudice at the door, trying to forget everything you think you know. So if I talk to somebody who works with freelancers, um, say in the translation industry, that would often be a translation agency. Um, and I try and go in leaving my my freelancer identity at the door because then I'll go in and say like, you don't pay me enough or you know, you are using machine translation to try and replace me. You are putting so much pressure on me. You know, like there's so much, there are a lot of pressures that freelancers experience. But when we start accusing and when we start kind of bringing all these really negative arguments, which the, there is a point why we might have these arguments. Absolutely. I'm not saying they're unjustified. Um, but if we want to have a real conversation, we can't go in with this kind of accusations of you're doing everything wrong. Um, so I'm trying to kind of go in and say, okay, so what, how do things look from your perspective? Mm-hmm. Um, and what, one of the things that I will always say whenever I have this conversation with other freelancers, like the first people I talked to about this project was a client of mine. And they were absolutely like, yes, please do this. We need this. Mm. So it isn't something that is just the freelancer seeing that there is a need. There is a lot of engagement and motivation on the side of the our clients as well. And most of the time we don't see that. <laughs> so I'm saying like, well, there is there is a space for this and there is a, an opportunity for having these conversations and being really open and honest about it. And hopefully we can then start to kind of see both sides. Like I can bring that side from the client side over to my other freelancers and the freelance, I can take the freelancer perspective in to the, to the companies that may not always have this perspective um, from where they stand. Um, and then also bring that further to the professional bodies and say like, here, this is the kind of stuff we need. We need to create spaces. We maybe need to create forums. We might need events where we bring everybody together. And, and but I think like you say, like in order to bridge divides, we just need to have these really, unprejudiced honest respectful conversations where we really value that the other person has an opinion and that they're not out to hurt us they're not out to 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 make our lives harder they're just saying things from their experience and we need to respect that and honor that and respond to that in a, in a kind and welcoming way I just think that was so powerful what you said about stripping yourself of that prejudice But I think what I really loved is going into conversations saying like, wow, this person does have a valuable opinion and they have a valuable perspective, even if it's different from my own. I'm just thinking like if I went into to conversations like that, whether it be with with someone that I'm close to and I know I'm going to have a little bit of a confrontation or someone with a difficult, different um, opinion at work that we're in a a work project together or a different political opinion um, that would just change the whole tone of the meeting if I came in with that attitude you know bringing that kind of energy into it holy cow because then it wouldn't come in just heated automatically but if I gave them the space to be listened to I I think that would kind of them give me space then as well right yeah it's that listening it's that listening thing it's something we don't do a lot um because we're we're so focused on trying to make sure we get our opinion across and so we tend to not listen to people we tend to kind of listen and I used to do that so much all the time and the more I learned about kind of listening and learning to listen the more I realized how little of it I was doing um and because you know we all go and like we listen to somebody but in your head you're already preparing your argument for like countering that or you're already moving on to the next topic 
then you really go into a conversation with the intention of actually trying to understand what this person is saying and asking questions that invite that person to to elaborate so if we're talking about freelancer well-being I would say well so what does well-being actually mean to you and how do you see that happening in your company how, how is your company embracing that or how are you as a freelancer embracing that what are the, some of the things you feel you could do so really bring people into a space where they're willing to explore these ideas beyond the surface level because we're also used to telling our stories we tell the same stories over and over and over again. We don't even think about them anymore because nobody even asks us. So when you say that word, like, what do you actually mean by that? Or what does this mean to you in your life? Which is so powerful, the, the things you're doing in your podcast, you know, having these kinds of conversations and asking these questions, that's so powerful because it makes people think a bit deeper than I normally would. Mm. I love what you said there of like, what does this mean to you? You know, I did that the other day. I was having a conversation with someone and, and I, I talk a lot about finances with, with people and at work. And they said um, a certain word, they, they were using budgeting, but I just said, what does that mean to you? And I realized they were talking about something totally different than I was talking about. And the whole time I didn't realize that it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's so powerful to, to do that. And I think just, especially concepts like well-being and happiness, they're such broad concepts and everybody thinks everybody has a different idea about them you know it's it's being used so much in commercialized so much in many ways you know where we are like either equating well-being with mental health or we are equating well-being with self-care and like lighting candles and having bottle bath and like you know I'm all for that but you know it's it, it, it's <laughs> it's sometimes really difficult to have a serious conversation about well-being that doesn't drift into either of those directions but where we can actually say so what does it what does it mean on a day-to-day -day level um in terms of how we are how we are there for people how we show up how we approach our work mindset is a lot has a lot to do with it and the the, the conditions we create in in the world that we live in and work in every single day okay i love this then i'm going to ask you to define help us take this broad idea of well-being and happiness can you define for us each of those things like what is well-being what is happiness to you yeah I mean so it, it's it, it is one of those very personal things you know where you know um, everybody has a kind of their own definition of it and I wouldn't want to go in and say like okay this is the right way or the wrong way to define it mm. because you know every, everybody has to kind of come up with that themselves but I think for from especially from a professional well-being perspective which is my my focus in my work it's uh, about feeling like your work is not draining you so that doesn't mean no stress because we know stress can sometimes be positive in terms of pushing you a little bit and, you know, giving you that extra kick of motivation. So I'm not saying no stress. I'm saying it shouldn't drain you. Um, it shouldn't drain you. It shouldn't, it should make you feel valued. Like your work should make you feel like you're, like you're contributing meaning. Um, and again, that meaning can have all kinds of different shapes. It doesn't mean you have to go and work for an NGO and save orphans in Africa, right? It's, it, it, that doesn't mean that. It means for you yourself, you need to have some sort of connection to what you're doing. It has to have some meaning to you um, and impact in your life. And for me, it's also something to be proud of, you know, where I'm like, you know, kind of going at the end of the day, yeah, you know, I'm quite I'm happy that I did that you know it makes me feel good and that's where happiness comes in and happiness obviously we have this momentary happiness of like oh I feel great I feel so good I feel energized you know that's like the kind of happy happiness but there's also this kind of on like 
ongoing happiness level where you just there comes contentment comes with that I think in in the most positive meaning of the word of non-striving and being just content with where you are and saying you know what this is not so bad this is actually quite good in fact this is pretty perfect um and and having those moments in your life oh okay I love this definition I love that you said well-being also um doesn't mean the lack of stress I I love how you said that it's um making sure your drain your work isn't draining you or I'm going to say life too isn't draining you but rather helping you with fulfillment but that doesn't mean there's a lack of stress I love that you said that because I think we mix that up all of the time so talk Mm -hmm. to me a little bit how stress can be healthy or unhealthy um I think stress uh, I'm one of those people who get motivated by deadlines you know so (laughs) which you know like I've 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 come a long way to kind of not fight that because I used to always be no I need to be more organized I need to just get my head down early on so I've got like things done five days before the deadline and all of that so you know but I know that the deadline motivates me. So there is that stress factor, you know, knowing that there's a deadline looming, knowing that I have to do that, it creates stress because I know like, if I don't do this, that's going to be a problem. But that's motivating. On, of course, it. I think it depends on that balance. It has to be stressful in the sense of pushing you. So you're going, or it doesn't even have to be a deadline. It can also be a skill. So something that's a bit more difficult than you'd like, right? So it, that's also stressful in the sense of, oh, am I going to be able to do this? But then it's like this, yeah, I'm going to be able to do this. So that creates that motivation of like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. Um, and there is stress, but it's the, it's that good stress of like pushing you, helping you grow, helping you achieve something that feels a little bit out of your reach. And then that's when we enter these kind of beautiful states of engagement as well, where we get really absorbed in what we're doing. And, you know, because we have that little bit of extra challenge added in that creates that stress. Of course, if, like we always talk about chronic stress. That's the one we really want to avoid, right? So even the good kind of stress when we're saying, oh, the deadline is motivating or, oh, the challenge is motivating. If we have that every single day in our life and it turns into this like underlying, like this kind of white noise in our lives, that's just this like, you should be working. You should be doing this. You're late. You're not making it. Like if that's the constant background noise in our head, obviously that's not very good. <laughs> um, and that's when it becomes draining, I think. Yeah. That I love the difference between those different kinds of stuff. I feel like we're hitting on two different words. Sometimes I feel like the English language is so limited because it's like, okay, there's like stress that that's actually good. And then that chronic stress that is totally draining. And then we even talked about happiness and that momentary versus like lasting. And you said that, and I totally connect with what you're talking about. I absolutely know what you're talking about is that, that, that momentary happiness. They're like, ah, and then also kind of that, that, deeper contentment which doesn't mean that there there's like moments of of sad or this but but there's an overarching a loveliness maybe that's a good word contentment to your life that um that you feel a little bit more full with that um what do you think is the best way to seek happiness <laughs> oh wow that's, that's, a, a, that's a big that's question like, I'm like that's, that's a, a big, big philosophy question <laughs> I think for me, I, I will. I, I can only say this for myself, and everybody is different, obviously. Yeah. I think for me, one thing I've learned over the last couple of years, probably, it's that I find the happiness in the moments of letting go. Oh, wow. um, in the moment of like, because I am, I am really driven as a person. 
you know, I am very much, I'm not goal focused, but I love doing, I love being on the move to somewhere. Right. So I love always feeling like, oh yeah, I'm achieving something. I'm getting somewhere and then new things and new ideas are coming. Like those kind of bursts of energy I was like going off in my head. That gives me a lot of creative energy and it just really gets me going. But while those are enjoyable moments, I think the real kind of feeling of like, oh, I'm happy comes in those moments of calm because those are the moments when we can become aware of our own happiness. It's the moments of looking inward and self-reflecting and being what's actually happening in my life right now. And then it's that moment of like watching yourself do what you're doing and being like, oh, this is actually really amazing what I'm doing right now. Oh, I'm really happy right now. And because we can go through life without ever noticing how happy we actually are. And so that's what I mean with these moments of letting go, like almost like, you know, letting go of what you're doing right now and actually just allowing yourself to observe. Um, and being, wow, this is cool. Or maybe just saying, oh, I actually don't need to do this right now. I'm actually happy enough as I am. I'm just gonna <laughs> like, I don't know, not read this extra thing that I wanted to read because right now I actually just want to sit on the couch and watch the rain which you know Scotland lots of rain. <laughs> <laughs> every five minutes it happens <laughs> are there certain exercises that help you let go in those moments uh, like is journaling or reflecting or meditating are there activities that you realize that you naturally gravitate to to help release I'm like this is totally personal question because I'm like I, I want to know. I'm like, I want to do this better. Cause I'm, I'm with you. I'm very, I'm a very driven person. I'm going, going, going. And I tend to notice myself driving so much that I don't take the time to be calm. And I think there's quite a few of us out there in the world. So how do you help yourself have those let go moments? I like this kind of savoring practices. Mm. So I try and do meditations, but I think meditation itself doesn't make you, it's not it's too much of a process still and like too much of a neutral state and it's that's beautiful but I think that's not for me that's not happiness that's just a, a respite really mm. um and I think savoring is one of those things where it's really like um you just really bring bring all your senses to a certain situation and explore what is beautiful and amazing about right now where you are, which is so helpful because what that makes you realize is that you can find that inner happiness or inner peace or inner calm any at any time, at any moment, anywhere, because there's always going to be something that in that moment can ground you or remind you of something beautiful and wonderful. Because for me, savoring comes with gratitude as well, because then I can be like, even when it rains, it's like, oh, isn't it amazing how we have this rain and the beautiful green plants and, you know, how it nourishes the earth and like, yeah, I'm getting wet, but hey, you know, <laughs> um, so, you know, I think those are, that's for me, uh, the most powerful thing, just that, just being in that moment and being like, what's beautiful about this moment right now and focusing on that. I'm going to try that today as I go throughout the day. I'm just going to ask myself periodically of like, what's beautiful about this moment? Um, and I'm, gonna be, I'm, I'm doing the Lydia thing. <laughs> but I love that question. That's a very grounding question. Um, I also want to ask when you notice yourself off balance in your work day, where you're like, this is not well-being, this is draining myself. How do you kind of change the narrative or how do you, what, what exercises do you do to switch over your work to be something that is full participating in well-being? 
I think that's a really important question because I think there's a limit to what you can do in terms of little exercises. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it comes down to actually just saying no, that's Mm -hmm. it. And I usually have a very full schedule and uh, sometimes I find myself in the evening at like nine o'clock at night. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do another couple of hours of work before I go to bed. And then sometimes because I'm like, oh, I have this deadline. I need to get this done. And then I went, I'm really drained, like doing, like get, I could do the work, but I'd have to really, really force myself. I'd have to almost override my brain telling me you're not, you're done today. You just want to relax and you don't want to do this. I could force myself to do that. And I used to, which I know now was really, really detrimental for my health. And now I'm just at this point where I will say no. And if I don't, if I miss this deadline, that's, life goes on you know I can either ask my clients say like I'm really sorry I didn't make the deadline that's just what it is or and then yeah I can there's obviously these doubts that come it's like oh maybe my client will be really angry maybe they'll never work with me again maybe I'll lose all my clients maybe I will lose my business maybe I will never never, ever make money again right and then that's why you kind of tend to override that but then you're like you push yourself to do it anyway but I'm really trying to learn and I think that's where the power is to just say a my clients will probably continue to work with me. B, I won't lose my business. But even if I do, and I think that's where confidence comes in, it's like this, I can deal with this situation Mm. because I am going to prioritize listening to my body and my body says no more, then I will respect that because no money in the world can make up for what I'm, what I would, that damage I would do to my body if I just don't listen to it. And so, yeah, I think that's where sometimes we kind of look for these like, oh, what exercises can I do? And really, sometimes it's the it's the hard decisions that that come in that moment and that that create that well-being. It's the hard decision to say no. (laughs) In a world where we're trained, like say yes more. Right. No, like sometimes just just no. (laughs) I absolutely love that. I think this was on your website that I read. It just reminded me of it. But I think you said that um, well-being isn't like insurance it's an investment I think that was something yeah. on your website right um, no but that's like it's okay <laughs> I don't, or it reminded me of a quote I'm like it, it makes it, it makes sense um you know it's it's that's very true though you know I think like happiness comes from building resources mm-hmm. um and we built those resources in the times of like coming being present and you know, building relationships, building our own resilience, all of that, those those are investments. And then at times when we need it, we can tap into those. But I think that's sometimes where it's maybe human nature, you know, where we only kind of become aware of the things we need when we need them. <laughs> you know, you, you never appreciate your health until you're sick. And it's the same with happiness. You never appreciate all the things that you could do to help build your inner well-being resources until you're already at the point where you're burned out or you're really unwell. And then all of a sudden you realize that you didn't invest enough into your relationships and into your own, like, you know, your own body and your own well-being. And it can be really hard to then turn that around in that moment. So that's why it's, I think you're right in that we need to start early 
and make those investments when when we have the moon when we when we walk through the city and like you know what oh my god look there's a little bird isn't that pretty i know I'm, i i like i like those things i get me i'm really really happy when i see birds in the city um but, <laughs> but you know it's, it's these little things where we have to realize for us what are the things that really nourish you and that really sustain you and to just embrace those at every possible opportunity i love that i think you're so we have just I have thrived from everything you've been saying, Lydia. Like, this has been incredible. And as we're wrapping up our podcast, I want to ask you the question um, that we always ask our guests. And that is, what is one piece of advice you'd give your younger self to boost your confidence? I think I would say to myself that I trust yourself. And, and you don't need to prove anything to anybody. Hmm. I think that's for me always, that's been, uh, that's been something where I was like, I wish I would know, I would have known that, that I'm valuable and worthy as a person, just as I am. And there's nothing I need to fix about myself or prove about myself or do in order to, to gain people's favor or make them see that I'm worthy. It's just, no, you don't have to prove anything, not to anybody, <laughs> not even to yourself. <laughs> I absolutely love that advice. And we have just cherished every moment with you. Lydia, thank you so much for, thank you. for being on here. We want to make sure that our podcast listeners can connect with you. Is your website the best way to do that? Yes. So it's uh, freelancing-happiness.com. Um, or you can also send me an email at hello at freelancing-happiness.com. Perfect. And I will throw your website into the show notes. So our podcast listeners, it's in our show notes. It's that freelancing-happiness.com. Um, and it'll be there in the show notes. So you can also just go down and click into this. You will, from this conversation, from her website, Lydia is incredible. We are, Lydia, thank you so much thank for taking you. the time to be with us. This was such a joy. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you so much. After every episode, I'm amazed at what each of our guests have accomplished in their lives. They inspire me to go for my dreams and seize opportunities. The reality of life is that every opportunity and dream has a financial implication and knowing how to manage and grow your money will not only help you achieve your goals but also get to them faster. Utah Money Moms has been a resource for me to learn how to better manage my money and turn my dreams into reality. Their website is full of interactive material to engage all learning styles. My favorite resource is their free monthly webinars where I can listen and have my questions answered by financial counselors and educators. Head on over to utahmoneymoms.com or Utah Money Moms on Instagram to access free empowering material. Again, that is utahmoneymoms.com or Utah Money Moms on Instagram. Thanks for listening in on the Full Confidence Ahead podcast. Weekly on Tuesdays, we'll continue our journey of confidence together through new interviews and insights. Make sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on the latest conversations and confidence boosts. And by the way, you got this because you deserve to live life full confidence ahead. See you next week.